water bubble suspended in the water bottle. Water bottles holding on to my emotions. Air bubbles is what I meant to say, but I said water bubbles. <laughs> that is fine with me. Just go with the bit. I'm joking on nothing. But you have air. such a bloodshot one eyeball. Looks like you have pink eyes. Is it the left one? Is, yeah. Is it the left one? It is the left one. I wonder why. I... Because story. I think you scratched your butt or your balls and you rubbed your eye and you gave yourself a ball's eye. Oh, <laughs> that's the story. I don't even have to tell anyone. Good job. Is there a real story? No, or are you I just going to make something up? I was going to just talk about scratching like my butthole and then... Uh, of course you did. And then scratching was, my eye. I was bright. Sorry. Of course you did. But I like the way you said it in that I got a ball's eye. Uh-huh. You're clever. I don't know. You're good with words. Thanks. Appreciate it. You're also it. good with turds. I <laughs> am. Especially since we've had the bidet. That thing <laughs> is amazing. I don't use it near as much as you do. I use it almost every time I go to the bathroom. Here's my theory on this. I don't sit down every time I use the bathroom. That's why. That's part of it. But you're also not sitting down all day. Now. You're up and moving around. So I That's think true. that it be getting a nice little cold spritzer every once in a while is amazing. I know we've talked about, um, you know, a bidet uh, multiple times. Uh, highly recommend. They're, they're, they're a good time. Why wouldn't you talk about them all the time? But I want to say this, too. Did you get a busted lip, too? I don't fucking know. I don't know about all these anomalies you're pointing out on my goddamn face. Well, you have a you have a bullseye. And then a part of your lip looks... Maybe you've been chewing on a part of your lip. I don't know. Is it chapped? I don't know. It's hard to see. You have a... You don't often trim your mustache. No, I don't. So it grows way over your top lip. So it's really hard to see that's, what's going on. That's called the cool way. By the, oh, it, well, it's disgusting to kiss. <laughs> Welcome to Couple of Critics Podcast. I'm Michelle. I'm Mustachioed Sam. And we are a review podcast. We're here to give each other some piece of media. Each week we... Provide each other with some form of media, some entertainment. And uh, we talk about it, and we review it with you, friend. Yeah. You heard the song. Music, movies, TV. And more? I don't know what the and more is. It's uh, unnecessary problems. We should just do, when we're out and about, you know that four times a year. When we're out and about, got it. We should review things going on in our life, live, on what the kids call the gram. Oh, like we just go. We walked up this hill. Not a good time. That's not a good idea because I'm just gonna be like, we walked up this. No, it, it'll just be me sitting down and you like running up the hill behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just be like this motherfucker. <laughs> Look, I'm, Michelle, the hill's fun. I'm ah, miserable. There's something in my eye. It's going to make the other side of it bloodshot. There seriously is something just fell in my fucking eye. It's from this dumb white trash hat that I'm wearing. Why do I have this hat? You Because you're a winner, Sam. That's right. That's what I wanted to hear. It's because you're a winner, you're white trash, and you have a ball's eye. You know what? It's very red happening up in here right now. I was thinking today. Uh-huh. That Continue. To a, a city person, I'm a white trash motherfucker. Oh, for sure. Look at you. Look at how you dress. Now, 
to people that I know who I consider white trash motherfuckers, I'm a city person. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting combo and dynamic I'm finding myself in. I think it's funny that my Aunt Ruthann has always referred to me and my family as city folk. And it's like we live in a <laughs> we live in a town where the population is six thousand people. I do not live in a city. No. I I yeah, I I don't live in in the outskirts of whatever. Like I'm in within walking distance to places if I need to go somewhere, but I'm not a city folk. If you want to go get a but a cheesesteak ranchero from the gas station. Which is something I would never do. You would do. never do that. <laughs> absolutely never no, do that. That piss, sounded so disgusting. You know what pisses me. me off about those? Is, uh, the way they I taste. I have bad luck. I want the Ranchero Steak Tornado. Or a Tornado. I don't know how you want to pronounce it. It looks like Tornado to me. Okay. Uh, I gotta stop grabbing the mic so much. You're a very animated man. Ah, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. Look at me, George. Even though you're strapped in because you're wearing a robe. Yeah, speaking of the robe, I saw a video today of some guy who is like, I didn't know this. Things I wish I knew before um, I was in my 30s. Wrapping it in the front instead yes. of wrapping it around the back. And it's correct. It's very nice and tight, but I got a lot of slack on the ends. What the hell was I talking about before we started talking about this robe? <laughs> How tight you are. Who gives a shit? Let's talk about what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about a Foo Fighters album that I provided you with because it's my week. Round fucking two on Double F Foo Fighters. And I haven't listened to it, and I should, but you had to edit the last, the end of the, the last episode because I gave you the album one by one. And then I was like, no, that's not right. It's there's nothing left to lose. And then I listened to there's nothing left to lose. And I was like, I don't think that this is right because I mean, I know that album well, but that album was like maybe four songs, three or four songs that were uh, enjoyable. And like the whole rest of the album was just, just like downer songs. And are you saying enjoyable to you? Personally? Yeah, because okay. it was like Learn so to Fly. Only, so if it's only that many for you, you know it's going to be extra rough for Sam. Yeah, it was like it Learn to Fly, okay. which is they're one yeah, of the like most popular song. songs. Uh, Breakout, which is probably my favorite song what, by them. Can you give me a little sample? You know you make me break out. Oh, okay, I, I like that song too. Me too. Uh, there were very few songs. And then it was just slow songs for more than half mm-hmm. of the album. So I was like, this isn't right. This isn't mm-hmm. what I meant to give. So then I listened to this album and I was like, this is the one that I meant. So we're back all the way around to you one have a by bug one. Crawling on your face. Are you serious? Yeah, you got it off. It was a tiny, tiny bug. I felt it, but I thought it was just a hair. No, it was a bug. That's disgusting. Thank you for saving my life. <laughs> It was a. Uh, you're all freaked out now. now. I got the hebus jeebus in here. <laughs> Y'all googly oogly now. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like it. I, now I'm going to be touching my face constantly. Like that thing needs to be stretched out anymore. Uh, Get back. <laughs> Pretend you're 20. Get up there, chin. How's my chin doing? Still not there? <sighs> or is just the double chin part? You there? don't have much of a chip t- or tip chin. Chin tip? That's what okay. I meant to say. Chin tip. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like shaved off. On, like I have yeah. a, I've always said yeah. I have a grabbable chin. <laughs> yeah, I could sling you across the room by your chin. My mom did that by my hair. <laughs> she thinks she broke my nose. You didn't have to bring it up. But I'm the bad guy. <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> I don't know, something on my face again. I'm freaking out over here. If oh, there it's is, Wayne. we're going to have Wayne take it out. Sam put Wayne on the table. I know. Don't you do this when I'm not around, this, okay? This cat, <laughs> uh, this will have happened by the time you hear this episode. But he's getting his balls cut. Those big things. I, you, I don't know if you can see them, but he's facing me right now. He's got some monstrous balls, this cat. Uh, but they're not going to be there. Sorry, but... But he's getting fixed in a day and a half, and I can't wait. What's up, little boy? I hope he's all right with it. But who gives a uh, shit? I was gonna say, all right, you're. I'm tired of how he smells. You're gonna distract uh, viewers if I put you up on the internet as well. They're gonna be like, "Look at that kitty!" You're gonna go up on the internet. You're gonna help. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. You're gonna gonna help help. this kitty come back. Come back, kitty, (laughs) come back. Facebook's gonna come up on my notifications and be like, "Uh, "This post." Produce this many results. Would you like to boost it? And I'm going to say no, just like every other time. It's fun when you go and you actually buy something on Amazon and then an ad for it pops up on social media as if you didn't already just buy that item. It's like you're wasting your time. How like, many times do you think, though, people order it again because they they forgot? It was, like, oh, yeah, they're, they're right. I do need that. It was something I ordered not that long ago. It was like within a couple days of ordering it that it popped up. And I was like, I don't fucking need it. I haven't even yeah. received it yet. Exactly. So if you're all ambient out the last time you ordered it on Amazon. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. See, I've I mean. never done that ever in my entire life. I've gotten to the point in my life where I assume everything is happening because of drugs. Oh, lucky you. Well, I'm lucky? I think so. What, because the... The sheet has been pulled from my eyes. No, because drugs are fun. I'm not participating in the drugs. Uh, But you have, and you had fun, right? I have, but I'm saying that, like... I guess I'm advocating for drugs. (laughs) I'm saying, like, everything stems from drugs. Like, that dude was acting weird. Yeah, he's probably on drugs. Speaking of drugs, I'm transitioning back to my previous antidepressant, too. So we'll see how this goes. And speaking of being depressed, I'm transitioning. That doesn't depress me. (laughs) I'm not... I like being a dude. I get way more rights, especially being white. This is a good thing I got going for me. I like being kind of a dude, too. Although, I'm a, you're not a dude. You're my sexy, sexy woman. <laughs> no one agrees with you. Remember, we have uh, cameras now, so <laughs> everyone knows that that's not true. Well, first of all, I got to say, regardless of what people think of you, there is a fetish for everything. So, yeah, there's at least 100 dudes out there that want to stick their penis into your mouth. Or just like slap it across yeah, my face. Anything. Anything and, with their penis in you. And it just like, it, it kind of go down all the crevices of my double chins. <laughs> just like, I want to see that thing look like it's going down a staircase <laughs> of your chins. <laughs> anyway. I, I gotta say, I feel like I've had a lot of personal growth that I didn't get like, don't talk about dicks on your chin. <laughs> Oh, I would have never. I thought like you that. meant like dick growth. No, I didn't. No, not, there's, not, there's dick not a growth. lot of dick growth going on there. It's been about the same size since I was about eleven. All right, well, let's get into this <laughs> album because I made sure that this is what we're doing. This song has four singles from it. The song I meant to say this album. Okay. It was released in. It was October of two thousand and two. So we were in high school at this time. We would have been juniors. Okay. All right. Uh, what? Uh, it's the third album or fourth? This is their fourth studio okay. fourth album. Fourth studio album. All right. So I gave you, before we have listened to their second studio album, which is actually the first with the band, because the very first album 
It's Dave Roll recorded right? himself. Okay. And then... And that's the one with, like, the ray gun on the cover? Yes. Okay. All right. And then there is uh, The Color and the Shape, which is what we've done previously All on right. this album. And what songs were on, on that? Podcast. What was the hits off of that? That had, like, Everlong. Okay. And My Hero. All right. Classics. And... Varsity Blues. And, well, and it had the title track... Which I think the color and the shape is a really it's a, it's like the last track it's really heavy. Yeah, I remember. Isn't that wasn't that my favorite song? Probably, I like it a lot. Hell yeah, bro! As well, <laughs> uh, there's nothing left to lose, which had the big hit of "Learn to Fly" on it. That was the next one, and then this one. So this one has again four singles. I say at least two very big hits. Let's start with "All My Life." Right off the bat, loving the guitar tone, loving the guitar tone. This was the single, the first single. So this was what was putting that album out. This was the face, the front oh, okay. of the album. Well, that makes sense because we watched the music videos the other day. Mm-hmm. And this music video is just them performing live. But it was very, like, big. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene like later when it gets really rock and roll and really heavy. Well, really heavy in quotations. As heavy as Foo Fighters get. Uh, and like the things dropped and it was like the logo of the album cover and everything like that. So it makes sense that this is the lead single. Yeah. It's a good fucking lead single. I it's agree. It's a good song. It's heavy. It's I understand that in the world of heavy music, Foo Fighters is not high on the list. No, they would never be called a heavy band. But to a lot of your standard, like, top 40 listeners, they would be considered heavier. Something like this would be considered heavier. Well, no, because even, like, the that... Someone get it the best! He's still kind of, like, kind of scream singing, but not yeah. screaming. So I think for some people, it's considered kind of heavy. But not at all heavy in the world of rock no. music. But I enjoy it very much. Like, I understand it's, it's like, easy listening rock. Uh, but I'm on board for a lot of it. Because even stuff that I haven't been into over the years have grown on me. That, that makes sense, because I think if you would have given me this album two years ago, I wouldn't have liked as much as I do currently. Mm, yeah. Uh, my... Uh, I want to... S- talk about the heaviness thing you were talking about again it's heavy in a way of like attitude not in tone not in the way they're well okay way they're playing it means but just like there's an aggression it's a punk aggression in my mind when Foo Fighters get in this world there's a whole another like songwriter softer side to Dave but this kind of thing sounds like a still a punk attitude because it came from a punk scene yeah I mean you had Pat Smear playing for a while he's from the germs so that's like a whole punk attitude there which Pat uh, was not on this album. No, but I mean, but I'm saying like that's the world he came from, so that's where he's still living. And even some people called Nirvana like a punk band. You can classify it that way. No, I wouldn't, but there's an attitude there. Um, I think their earlier stuff definitely had more of like a punk attitude. For sure. It was more like thrashy too. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I don't know. Um, it just sounds wrong when you first hear it. Like punk. Oh yeah. But then if you think about it, like there are some, like I can think of like really in their career and like Bleach yeah, did sound Bleach. a little more. Well, you know, you two considered punk in their career too, That's right? That's insane. <laughs> you, I'm glad that Bono and I both agree that you two sucks. <laughs> Something we have uh, united. 
on, and now we're best friends because we both believe Aww. that you two is trash. I didn't know you and Bono got so close over this revelation that he's had. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the drums because they sound good right here. I know that good old Taylor. I've heard Taylor talk about how he thinks the guitars are too loud. Really? In mixes of Foo Fighters, and Dave always says Foo Fighters is a loud guitar band. Get over it. <laughs> but. I think his drums sound fucking great. The cymbals sound like the wash is perfect. It's like they're not overwhelming, but they're there. You can hear when he's hitting the crash cymbal. It's perfect. Do you think that that's part of the inspiration behind him playing as hard as he does because he wants to be heard more? (laughs) Uh, Maybe. Maybe. I could see that. Because he plays with power. Oh, he plays with a lot of power. You can see like his whole... Plus, he always like wears either a sleeveless shirt or maybe even not a shirt at all. And you can just see all that sinew and, yeah. like, muscle mass. And he's not, like, a big guy. He's just, no, like... he's just skinny. But I think he's one of those dudes that can grab your arm and you feel like you can just break your wrist just by, like, squeezing. Yeah, he looks skeletal in the face, too. Yeah. I've always he, well, thought that he has kind of, like, a skeleton jaw look. I always thought he had, like, a... Easily could fit into the trailer park meth world. Oh, for sure. Look. I think part of that has to do with his lack of wearing sleeves most of the time. <laughs> Which it makes sense because he's got to move. Yeah. But, and that's something that I actually did say recently when we watched some Foo Fighters videos was that Taylor looks like he's definitely never changed. He, he like, oh. physically, he did not go glam. Neither no. did Dave. No. They all just wear, like, T-shirts uh, or sleeveless shirts and, like, gym shorts, which is what Taylor usually wears and, when he plays. And, like, the glammiest I've ever seen it get is that one dude wears a suit every once in a while, the one guitar player. The, but that's it. There's the one who wears the, like, button-up plaid shirts, and his hair sometimes looks like it might have yeah, been straightened. The dude that replaced uh, Pat Smear for this album, or I don't know what album, but the guitar player? Is that who you're talking when about? When we were playing, or, yeah, when I was playing the video, which was the live video, when he broke it, when Dave broke his leg uh-huh he was looked like he was playing some sort of like board a oh, keyboard or something oh the guy that looks like chris delia yeah <laughs> okay. that's who it is that's just some keyboard player who i don't know when he came into it i hate to do a repeat but will you smile at me is it food again i don't know it's hard yeah right but it's right here front and center <laughs> i don't it's so hard to see because you're Mustache hangs so low. Here, let me lift the stash for you. I think it's gone. You're a disgusting person, but that's a really good shot. <laughs> All right, I like it. Let's move along to the next song. Which... A disgusting person. You are. Uh, I can't. Argue. It's the third of the four singles. Here is low. Oh yeah, this is a song that I've always enjoyed very much. I will never hear this song without thinking of you. And the music video, I'm sure, because I've played that for you a good handful of times. And that's why, because it's connected to you playing this music (laughs) video for me several times. So I I highly advise, if anyone's interested, to look up this video on YouTube through Fighters Low. I would also suggest getting a bottle of lube and some Kleenex next to you. Michelle will explain why here in a couple seconds. So the whole concept is that Jack Black and... Dave Grohl are these like, real hillbilly guys. They're out in the middle of nowhere. They're at this like motel in the sticks. Yeah. And they just essentially they get wild with a handheld camera and they drink. They sometimes fight. 
Uh, and then they end the night dressing in drag and wearing lipstick and just being just really... A, <laughs> it's a wild, kinky, drunk night. Uh-huh. I think, for a second there, like, did Jack Black have the thought, is Dave Grohl just trying to fuck me? And this video is not actually going to go anywhere? And I might not leave this motel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not the case. But it's it's a very funny music video. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good music video. I suggest watching it. And I want to talk about the song because these drums are fucking awesome. This is like so much to do. But everything, Dave's vocals sound so like... It's such a contrast. But Taylor's back. <laughs> I think it's interesting, and it was very... Uh, it's almost touching for me, and I don't know why, because it's not like I wrote it. But I heard you taking a shower, and you played the first and second songs on this album, and you were singing along, and I could hear it. And I just, multiple times, I was like, it's so weird to hear him <laughs> sing along to this Foo Fighters album. But uh, You know I have such a weird relationship with Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl. Well, Dave Grohl's great, but I, I fucking love Dave Grohl. But I understand not necessarily being super into Foo Fighters music if you are more of like a heavy punk metal guy. Uh, they're the songs that I like by Foo Fighters. I really, really like. I can't deny the songwriting. Uh, I'm jealous of the songwriting. It's like the tone I would love to have, like music-wise, like sound-wise. I mean, and Dave Grohl is a hell of a singer. He yeah. can sing, In he can fucking range. scream. And I noticed that, too. He doesn't ever try to go out of his range. He's just a master of his area. And yeah. that's fucking smart to do. It's like when a restaurant makes five things and they're fucking delicious mm-hmm. instead of 20 things and it kind of sucks. <laughs> Are they just all, like, average and they don't make you special? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I would like to know how much technique he's actually using because you tell me he screams a lot. Well, sometimes. I mean, some songs he gets more into well, I've it, watched, I suppose. I've watched live videos and he's always fucking screaming. He screams a lot more live. So I'm wondering he if he's doing a stage scream or if he's just some mythical creature who can literally scream like that every night because like he's got to have some sort of technique that he just accidentally figured out. I think there's a lot of dudes that or he just are self-taught and like don't realize they're doing a technique. Or he secretly took some lessons yeah, at some too, point, maybe. too. Yeah. I mean, maybe not secretly, but just, you know, I'm, I want to do this, and I don't want to completely suck, so I just yeah. need some pointers, some, good some idea. standard tips. It's a good idea, because, like, when he's doing a, in that first song, what's it called again? God damn it. All My Life. Yeah, when he's, like, yelling at the end, mm-hmm. it's a real yell-sounding thing. It's not like a, it's not a scream, you know, it's not a metal scream. It's not a punk shout. But there's shout. a little bit of a shriek in there. Yeah, but it's not a punk shout. No. It's a yell. It's a belt. Mm-hmm. Almost. And to do a belt and to do a yell and not completely kill your fucking throat, you have to have technique to it. So. Kids hate belts. Especially when they're around me. I let a little girl come into our house tonight and take a shit. <laughs> It sounds even weirder that you're just saying a little girl and not our niece. <laughs> our what, 14, 15 year old now? She'll be 15 next month. Our 15 year old niece. That's funny. She came to the door. I really got to use the bathroom, can I? Yeah. 
I didn't realize she had to take a shit. While her friend was with her and just stood outside the bathroom. At, Weird. And his, well, because she's never been here before. I know, but I wouldn't go stand inviting. out while my friend's just taking a shit. She didn't know where else to go, so she just like hid in the hallway in the, in the dark. That's true. Poor thing. Plus, I was like, there's children in the house, and you very invitingly went, why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a monster. But I Your first inclination is always to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Why is someone here? What is happening? This is horrible. Well, I knew the, the scene was clear enough. Yeah, I just grabbed some things and shoved them behind <laughs> so, me. I knew it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> But I just expect her to pee. I thought her friend had to pee too, but her friend just outside. Him. It was Despite. an interesting situation. Her friend looked nerdier than I expected too. Mm-hmm. Good. I like nerds. I think she's supposed to be a good egg. Good. I like good eggs. I do too. I don't like Veruca salts. Um, I like Charlie buckets. And most importantly, I love Grandpa Joe, the best man okay, of all time. We've got to stop this. Let's, Let's start have talking it about how Grandpa. <laughs> Have it all. So this is yes. the fourth single. We still have one more single. I didn't know that this was a single. I was surprised to ah, see I it. I didn't either. Which, for me, I know so, the hits so well from yeah. this album that I've heard. I mean, I've heard them so many times that they don't. They're, they're good, and I still appreciate them for what they are. But they don't hit me the same. Songs like this. I've been getting stuck in my head all week. And it's been a little over a week because I was riddled with migraines for four straight days and was down. But, yeah, it's just simplistic. It's catchy. And it gets stuck in my brain. Multiple songs from this album. This is one of those songs where I've got a 50-50 relationship with it. I'm all in currently. And I bet you can tell the exact moment when I go. Oh. Is it right here? It could be. See me shrink? She drains me when I'm empty. <laughs> this is just too pie eye in the sky for Sam. I'm, I'm. But I, you get that a lot in Foo Fighters. I know, and that's, so that's a. And that's why the Foo Fighters never click. Clicks. And that's I'm, I understand. Yeah. Like, you seem to like the heaviest Foo Fighters stuff that they do because they're still they're technically good and can pull it off. They just and, then, and I'm back in right here. Like it sounds like Devo almost right here, like nerdy. I'm fine with this. Like alternative, it's just. I think Dave I Grohl does have a lot of just catchy sounding riffs. Yeah, and Dave Grohl, he's okay with happy. <laughs> oh, he just seems like such a pleasant person. I, know. I just literally, I just really have a diversion to major chords and major chord structures and lines. That's, that's literally what it is. You can boil it down to that science. It's like, you can take this scale, and I'm not a fan of it. It's just when I hear a certain scale, I go, ugh. <laughs> and I don't know fucking why. It's not fair, because it shut off a lot of music. <laughs> I mean, you are who you are, though. We're all attracted to what we are. It happens. You know, but I've gotten to a point in my life where now I'm like, I'm over everything. So it's like, I'm not even happy with metal anymore because I just go, ah, whatever. Little by little, though, you've not totally given up on everything. That's true. I want to be, I want to love things. <laughs> and it's important to keep searching, I think, because you will find little gems along Ooh. the way. I really like this, too, this, these parts. The drums. Uh, well, 
And Dave Grohl's got a, a power. And a rasp. Uh, well, I was going to say, a power of sounding like the chords he's choosing are weak ass. <laughs> weak sauce. Mm-hmm. But he's still yelling and he can still sing that note. And sound. And scream that note. Yeah, I should say. Belt that note. Yeah. Like this part. Like, I can't do that. Like, yeah, I can't fucking do that. I gotta go, yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah, he's a good singer. That I, son I, of a bitch. I don't, I understand also that there are a lot, not necessarily on this album, but like I said, the last album, it, more than half of it was just a lull. And it just wouldn't have been enjoyable. At least... There's there's a little more energy. Oh yeah. And this and there are some slow songs and we'll get through them. <laughs> you promise. <laughs> mm. But we still do have some uh, some energy, I think, more so. And I'm into that. Uh, and I I appreciate the energy on this. Like I don't hate this song. It's just those couple sections that I just kind of when tune it comes out. down. Yeah. But like, and it is kind of. It sounds. Oh, this stuff sounds fine. It to me. sounds cheesy. She drains me when I'm empty. Yeah, I was also it's gonna say like l- later. I was also gonna say later that I'm. Dave Grohl's lyrics are okay. <laughs> oh, I know. I agree. He's yeah. not. He's not a fantastic songwriter at all. What he but is, it works. Well, he's a great songwriter. He is catchy songwriter, and he's got one of my favorite quotes about songwriting. Like, it's easier to write noise it's easier to write uh, when people are just trash. like oh you just write a, a write pop, pop hit. hit it's fucking harder to write a pop hit if it wasn't harder everyone would have a pop hit <laughs> and let's be real the Foo Fighters have had more hits and have been around way longer than Nirvana yeah and I'm also going to say this I would love if bands like Nir- uh, Foo Fighters were more prevalent like I wish rock and roll was bigger than mm-hmm. it is because it's just almost dead in my eyes. And that's one thing that I thought of when we were watching the videos is that there aren't a lot of bands who I feel are truly kind of keeping the solid like core of rock and roll alive. Yeah. Because a lot of people just go to... In a mainstream way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's also kind of shticky. Like it's it, it sounds more like... Like uh, outlaw stuff specifically, or it's you know like everything has kind of like its little niche or like yeah. its little click that it kind of falls into. And I think I just feel that Foo Fighters are one of the last few bands who are able to successfully because they're so well liked just be a rock and roll band to just continue <laughs> being a rock and roll band and yeah. keeping it kind of simple. Agreed. But being able to be successful while still having those heavy moments when they're not going to be as accepted by someone else. Like Dave Grohl has a fucking talent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at just kind of intertwining that together because that, I think that's how he has so many people's respect because yeah. he's not just he like a hack. charismatic. Every time I've ever seen him, he's just like, Hey man, what's going on? Yeah, huh? Well, that uh, movie is coming out soon. Studio 666? Yeah, and I, I do oh, really want to see that. We're fucking seeing it. So I, everyone should go see that. We're doing a episode about it. I would be interested <laughs> in that. It looks, it's a really interesting concept. To me, it looks like one of the, like, Night of the Demons or uh, Demon Knight, any of those old demon movies. 
and they just mixed with Foo Fighters. They just go to record an album, oh, and they they go yes. to this old house that's haunted, I guess, because they want a new space that they've never written. Because they're making their tenth album, bro. So it's supposed to be special, <laughs> and apparently the house is haunted, and it looks like Dave Grohl gets possessed. And things get uh, violent and crazy, and look, it looks funny too. It's, it's gonna be a demon movie. I haven't seen a demon movie in years. Uh, and at least look up the trailer. They're gonna show recording equipment and stuff, and that's gonna be cool because Dave is all about like old analog recording equipment. So they might show some really neat stuff that people like me are gonna be like. Oh, look at that fucking reel-to-reel in the background. <laughs> so I've talked about Sound City on here before, yeah. which is the documentary about Dave Grohl and that big um, that big analog board. Console. Console, okay, that he bought. And has he has like a bunch of famous people at the end, like Paul McCartney and stuff, like record on it. And just tells all the, like, the history of who recorded on it, who where yeah. it was located, who owned it, things like that. It's the Sound City music board. It fucking was... It was fantastic. Yeah. So it was on Amazon Prime for a while. That's how we saw it. And they took it down. I check. I don't know if you ever do this, but uh, YouTube has free movies every oh, once in a while. It cycles I've through. I've looked at it once. Yes. So that is actually available right now. Oh, nice. For free. Nice. If you want to see that Sound City documentary I suggest on it if YouTube. you like watching uh, nerdy recording Music stuff. Docu- yeah. If you enjoyed Get Back, which I don't see how you couldn't have... Oh, the Beatles documentary. Uh, yeah, it was very good. Uh, if you didn't enjoy that, then you wouldn't. But if you enjoyed that, then I, I think you'd y- like it. You might because it's not eight hours of it. It's like an hour and 40 minutes of it. Yeah, but when it's <laughs> considered to be the best band in the world, it's and, and you get to just see these classic hits be birthed yeah, from almost was, nothing. That shit was it's really cool. fascinating if you're into the technical the only, behind the scenes of the things thing, like that. The only thing that threw me off with Get Back, and there's nothing else they really could have done. Oh, I know what you're going to no, say. No, it was when mind. they got like add weird footage of them looking like they're almost saying the words that they're saying and they're not or like and they, had, they just show like George reacting to somebody talking to him and then it switches and then it's like Paul reacting to George talking to him. Because they don't have the footage of them actually yeah. saying it. And they do warn you that they yeah, do have to like fill said, in. nothing else they could have done. Because they don't the, have all the visual and, reporting. And for what they were doing, they did a really good job. Like, imagine the guy had to sit around and go, well, it kind of looked like he said, I love orange juice there. Let's put it in. <laughs> all right, let's move along to the next song. Times Like These. This is the second single. So we have officially gotten through all of the singles. Yeah, First they definitely front-loaded this album. Four singles right in the front. I would say that this song is bigger than All My Life. I think this song reached further, huh. and this song also had an acoustic version that was really popular. My sister played it on that emotional episode. It was one of her songs. I, and your brother, I think, didn't know that that version even existed, which was wild. But a lot of people... I think, like either version of the song or both, this is one of their biggest hits. This was definitely the version I knew. I didn't know the other one. I think I was with my brother on that one. It also depends if that's the sort of thing that you would seek out. I remember when I was really getting heavily into music in the early 2000s, like and burning CDs and iPods and things like that. 
Um, Fuck. What was I just saying before curating music? Shit. I have no idea. I wish you paid attention. I was. I didn't know where you were going. I don't know what you were digging in your brain. What I just said. You just said you like to make CDs and playlists and stuff. And I was like, where is this going? No, I didn't say I liked to, but it was back in the day when that would happen. Oh, God. This is painful. Your dad beat you for uh, ordering Columbia records under a false name, and when he found it out, he hit you? Is that what you're saying? No. Because that's what's burned into my brain. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why either. Uh, we watched the music videos the other day. Which one was this? This was Nothing Happened. It was just another highlight oh. contrast with dark background. It was very... It's the 70s looking one? Where Taylor had the 70s porn mustache going on? Yeah, it's just a green screen background. Yeah. Nothing is happening. I really wish I could remember what was happening or what I, what I was going to say. Sorry. Don't baby talk to me. I didn't baby talk. You this said will be baby sorry. Talk. I said sorry. I heard sorry. Nope. And it made me want to No, this would be baby talk. Soccer punch you. No, 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 no. I don't even want to fucking hear it. Stop. That's so awful. (laughs) But yeah, I think this song is just far reaching, and I think it was one of their most popular songs. Do you like this song? Are you a fan? Yeah, I prefer this version to the acoustic. Oh, what I was saying is back in the day when I would burn CDs and stuff and got really into it, I would branch out to the acoustic versions of things. So I remember looking up like Incubus acoustic cover, like versions and stuff. So that's why I think it also appealed to a lot of people that there was an acoustic version because a lot, I mean, that's that's like the jam band era, like really kicking up in like the early 2000s and stuff too. Like people liked, people liked uh, to jam, yo. They didn't necessarily want as heavy music pumped in their faces they just wanted to like listen to nelly and uh no no i didn't want to listen to nelly no no you you seem like a big 50 cent fan no 50 cent was the worst part of that fucking halftime show i agree and i I didn't hate the halftime show i just think 50 cent sucked (laughs) no i agree i think it's weird how much of a generational divide there seems to be and it's just based on whether or not people get and are into rap music or not. So if you like the music or not. It's like, I could be a dickhead and be like, yeah, the Super Bowl has always sucked on the halftime show. Slayer has not once played it. Guar has never played and it. And they never will. I know. So it's like, really, I just want to be like, shut the fuck up. It wasn't for you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it's like that all the time. Go, go over to the bathroom and take a shit during it then. <laughs> no, they get all fired up from hating things. Don't you know that's more fun? Uh, I will say this about the halftime show. When it ended, we were both like, was that it? Like, I expected, like, some big kind of finale thing to happen. did expect a bigger conclusion. Uh, It did feel like nothing happened. And then I started looking up their ages. And it's like, oh, they're all... The youngest is like 46. Yeah. I meant like. And Dr. Dre visual. is 56. They had like 80 fucking dancers on the thing. I thought like at the end, all of a sudden, like some fireworks would go uh, off. Or I, well, and I think that's. I think that it was just supposed to feel more. Like a jam party. Like a block party is what I was thinking. Yeah. It was supposed to feel more intimate and yeah. not as much like a big show. Yeah. It was just this. It's just us. It's our voices. 
this is what we do. We're, we ju- we're just jamming, yo. It's about what we're saying, not about some big spectacle. I so. loved watching Snoop Dogg just having a fucking ball and doing like the crip walk. With his entire <laughs> crip. I mean, not like bandana outfit, the whole bandana. I guess that that was one of the things that they told them him not to do. They were like, you can't wear blue because, you know, yeah, he's he's a known crip. Uh huh. And uh, he wore an entire handkerchief (laughs) outfit. The the whole and, and the man films himself driving around smoking blunts. He does what he wants. I just appreciate I, I i mean i get it like i find authority authority always wins you guys can have john cougar melon camp i've always had an issue with authority because a lot of times they're full of shit so i feel like i do side more with people who are just kind of like that's a stupid rule fuck you oh i'm yeah. gonna do it anyway oh yeah so i nah, love that shit nah, like yeah i'm, I'm more on that side especially when it's stupid well, that's what I mean. It's not like someone's pulling their dick out or doing something like super indecent. If it's just, which I mean, yeah, like gang stuff is stupid, but it's also funny because Snoop is wearing like a giant handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's funny. I like how you're calling it a handkerchief. A handkerchief. We're going to listen to the next song, Disenchanted Lullaby. This brings things down a little bit. But that's the thing. A lot of these songs seem like they're going to be slower than they are. And this song in general starts out very slow, kind of melancholy sounding. But he ends up doing that like high energy scream singing. There's a dog in here sniffing around intently. Intensely? What's up, bitch? Can you go outside? Oh, okay. I remember what this song is now. I couldn't. I didn't recognize couldn't it at first. It. And then when that part kicked in, I remember the little chorusy section to it. So this um, is another. It just seems really simple. It uh, seems atmospheric. Uh, this is one of those songs where I like have to talk myself into. Don't hate it off the bat because it's not fucking going in your face. God damn it, Sam! Stop being an asshole. But it does pick up though. Yeah, it does. But. But I shouldn't have the mentality of that. That's like what I'm trying to get over. Is like, just listen to it. Do you like the way it sounds? Like, really? Or are you just being face value? It's not heavy enough. Uh, it, it, this makes it worth it. I like these parts. Mm-hmm. I like that Dave Grohl also doesn't, even though he's a good singer, he doesn't always try to sound pretty. No, good, yeah. And I think that that is very evident in the chorus of this song. I bet Dave Grohl has never used auto-tune. No. I just feel like, like his voice kind of breaks a lot. Like, it almost... You you hear emotion in the way that yeah. he's singing the song, and that kind of stands out to me. And sometimes I think he sounds like he's... Vocal damage be damned. This is what it needs to be. I'm in a studio. I'm not on tour. Here I'm going. I'm just, like, literally hurt yourself. I know people do that in the studio. They're like, I'm not on tour. As long as I don't make myself bleed. Ugh. This is the end of the album recording. Let's get the real aggressive stuff. And then they just fucking kill themselves, basically. I've also heard that about voiceover people that are doing, like, cartoon voices. And no. they have a cartoon character that's real. <sighs> they'll do all the other stuff first. Then they'll do, like, a day of just... Wrecking I'll go voice. home and I won't be able to talk for two days, but I made... I made that money. I made rent for... 
six months. Wow. <laughs> I also agree that I think once this picks up, it uh, it carries the song because the last album would have just been like the f- first part throughout the whole song. Oh, really? I think so. I think that a lot of even the the slower songs, which would, this would classify as that, it eventually pulls more energy out than I think he has at other times. So you don't seem like you're hating it. No, I do. I like this song because Taylor's got a really good way of making the song. He understands what the guitar is doing. So he backs up the guitar a good amount. Uh-huh. And technically... The tempo is not slow. Huh. Yeah, but dim, the dim, beginning dim, really is, dim, and the way he yeah. sings, and it just seems so... I said melancholy, but I almost mean just lethargic. Lethargic's a good word for it. And then it just flips. Um, what was I going to say about that song? God damn it. I forgot something now. It's my turn to forget. Forgetting things is very frustrating when the whole point hey, is I'm, that I'm you're trying right to it. talk. <laughs> I'm trying to, especially when you're trying to make a point and you feel like you're getting near the end of it. Oh, yeah. Very you're like, I'm almost there, and then you lose it, and then it's like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to say finding acoustic songs. Acoustic covers of things. And that's all it was. But I was oh, very I irritated. I wanted to ask earlier when you said that, uh, when you said Incubus, was it the Pardon Me uh, acoustic version? That was one of and them. And then the. Uh, like Drive. And drive, yeah. Those were the were two big. real big acoustic mm-hmm. versions. And I liked uh, both versions of Pardon Me a lot. <laughs> yeah, Pardon Me is a good song. We did that album. Did we? We did. Okay. Took that option out. <laughs> yeah, I gave it to you. Um, I also am trying to listen to this album, or did, during my listens, as which has helped me in the past, and you know this. Would I have fun playing it? I may not have fun listening to it, but would I have fun playing it? Because there's songs that I've done for you when we do did our acoustic thing that I would never, ever, ever listen to. Mm-hmm. It would actually be like, kind of like bummed out listening to. But playing them is fun as fuck. I like Fiona Apple songs. No, because I can listen to Fiona. Uh, more like... Uh, what was that one fucking song? I can't remember an example. But like that one country song. Oh, the song. Nora Jones song? Uh, Nora Jones. That was a good example. I would never, ever fucking listen to that on my own. Yeah, uh, that country song. What was it? To Tennessee Whiskey? Yeah, I only did that once. Yeah, but I had fun learning it and mm-hmm. I had fun playing it. So by the end of it, I was like, yeah, let's do it. It's also just, you've talked about just getting out of your normal chord structures and like, just playing things that are different not maybe not chord structures but um well you just I'm gonna say said it earlier you don't uh, like scale, playing during different scales yeah crazy uh, I would say I'm stuck in stuck in a scale I've been stuck in a minor pentatonic scale since I've been like fucking 12 years old and uh but that's not even like a metal thing that's like a blues scale Sam's so broken hearted mm. uh but really I think of it I should open myself up more and think of different ideas because it can help with multiple facets of what I want to do. Because I may not be doing music full bore right now, but I know it's going to come back. How can it not come back? I'm me. So, like, it can help in maybe not songwriting, but it can help in production. Like, maybe if I don't like all these how these songs sound, 
but I fucking love the way they sound. Maybe I don't like the way they're written, but I fucking love the production value. How do I get to that sound? Yeah. My songs would sound good in that production value. I don't think Ralph's songs should sound like a metal album or even a punk album. I would like this production value. <sighs> Damn you, Dave Grohl. Right, well, we're gonna Why listen. don't you be my friend? <laughs> he probably would be he would if he knew me. you. He I don't would know if that's true. I'm going to play one more song, Tired of You, before we take a break. You're trying to tell me something? I've told you that I'm over your bullshit <laughs> so many times. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this album. This song never kicks back up. No. This is a very... This is a low song, but it's not... I think it's... But it's not the song low. <laughs> it's good for what it is. Like, I don't know. Like, if this is what you want, I think it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, this song doesn't make me miserable. It's not one of my favorites by any means. Yeah, understandable. But I, I think about it as one of those things. It would be fun to try and record it. It would be fun to try and make it sound good and make it sound right. But the guitar part's so simple, though. But yeah, yeah, this song yeah, has also been getting be, in my head so much. What if you accidentally missed that low E? It's, that's got to be in there. What if you accidentally hit the G string and it adds a little in there? There's all sorts of things that could go wrong. You know what's funny about recording? It's like, I don't know if it happens all the time when you're just playing by yourself and you're not recording yourself. Okay. But when you record, suddenly you're like, I never do this. Why am I fucking this up? This this never happens. Pressure, stress. I think, I think it's pressure, and I think you're also more analytical of your playing when you're recording because it's on tape. That's true. If you're just sitting around jamming, you're just gonna be like, eh, it was a little flub. So if you're sitting around recording and it's gotta be on tape, you go, son of a bitch, I'm not as good as I thought I was. I mean, analytical, and you're just listening closer. You just might not hear something because you're not listening for it because it's more about the feeling when you're jamming versus recording. Oh, man. You don't drink enough water. I just drank so much water, and it was fucking amazing. I feel so good right now. You have that reaction every time you come. You are, like, jazzed up right now. It's like you just had a jazz cigarette in water form. Well, well, maybe there's a little bit of vodka in the water. I don't like that. I don't like that you started talking like Cosby. <laughs> Well, 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 Michelle. Would you like a little drink of maybe a pill, pill, pill? He's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> you should watch the Showtime documentary if you care about that. This little docu-series. Talks about the whole scope of Cosby being a fucking... A monster. <laughs> well, and also just being so important. Yeah. And well-loved and good as well. And a strong, strong... That's what's interesting about the human person, though, is that we are multidimensional. Like, it's rare, and pe that's why people talk about Ted Bundy. Well, but he was good with the ladies or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's scarier when people are multidimensional and can be good and bad at the same time. Yeah. Which uh, most people are. Most people aren't just all one or the other we, we are all good and bad it's true but it's very scary when it's those extremes because you're like okay you've got a set of tools you knew you were a monster so on the outside you put in the extra work to be charismatic and loved 
and Mark. Oh, that's just part of who you Respected. are. Respected. Yeah, that too. I mean, think also about it just, this way. We don't know how he was raised. Maybe if he I'm found, assuming it's a he. Maybe if they went to an island of murderers, Ted Bundy would also be the most charismatic murderer on the island. Well, there wouldn't be as many women because there aren't or aren't most murderers men. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say that a higher percentage of them are yes, and most of them are white. <laughs> in this country, I'm saying it. You no, know, for a long time, the, the I'm world talking said about the whole world. The whole world is much more colorful yeah. than it is in this country. Yeah, but I think it's white guys over there too. <laughs> that makes sense. Like the Irish, the fight in Irish, the fight in Irish. Back in the day, a lot of countries said that uh, serial killers and like uh, rampant murders was an American problem. It didn't exist in their countries. That's how uh, fucking what's his name from Russia got away with killing for so long because Russia was like, no, that's an American thing. That doesn't happen over here. Except that aren't there like Jack the Ripper was an American. He was English. Yeah. uh, He's. He's notorious. Notorious. He's notorious R.I.P. I'm stupid. Do you think think, uh, Sean Puffy Combs said that at uh, Biggie's funeral? Ew. Notorious R.I.P. Yes, ew. <laughs> you, so you think he did, yes. and you don't like it. Correct. Okay. <laughs> I think there's so many things wrong with that. Love yes. it. Is it break time now, It is then? break time. All right. Well, one thing I'm not going to ick okay. is what we're going to go to break on. I because I wait. think it's so appropriate. It's a song that I can't stop playing. Oh. When you see the weed smoke in the air, party people wave your hands like you just don't care. Crip your enthusiasm. This is the new Snoop Dogg song, Crip Your Enthusiasm, using the Curb Your Enthusiasm music, and I fucking can't get enough. We'll be back. We will. But we're going to be listening to this for a bit. This nigga born ready, serve a nigga ether with the pinna off the Haiti. This nigga flow is dead. Where we at? Right here, Snoop Dogg. Can you believe he wore an entire bandana suit? I can't even believe he's in a gang. Oh my God. And he smoked a joint. Not Snoop. The name is Teeny Tiny, titular Tony's tongue tied, twister training, teaching Timmy and Tommy, transferring, tame talking to tinted tail, telling term, thunder tip, tapping through, tagliatelle. Tony's tongue tied, twister training teaches talking techniques to troops, term toddlers to teens. Tired of talking toneless, timid, and toppled? Train the tongue to tune, tighten, and talk thoroughly. Turn twice at Taylor's Tools, then ta-da! Teeny tiny titular Tawny's tongue-tied twister training located behind Abraham Lincoln's Crack Emporium. Nozzle fiddle, see a deck of swallow. We steam babes, once got a steady. It's a cool de box cutter. Debite, it's a cool de box cutter. Hey, my, say my wow. Das Gold, 
Sucka Mama Man, we sucka! Fool Mama Mike, the Yosemite is a cool box cutter! Hola, knee! Zona, knee! Rona, knee! A tiny wind deck wizard moon! It's a cool box cutter! and throne? Ah, uh, yeah. It's a box cutter and I like it. It's a coody box cutter! Jabba sewe mete! Coody box cutter! Is this Ozzy? No, it's Maroon 5. Ah! Oh, yeah. They were all yellow, right? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it's like, but I'm a creep. Oh. Wait, didn't they also do that once? I was like, it's a bit sweet symphony. I think they also did all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. I'm pretty sure they also did. I'm also sure that they may have had a huge hit. A huge hit with. Hey, baby. Suck my penis. <laughs> I'm unaware of that huge, huge hit. It's a huge hit. Gotcha. I'll I wanted to, to end it, it. I can tell. <laughs> I just wanted to end it. We're back. We're, we're back. back. We're back. We're back. We're back. And we are. We're back, we're back, we're back. We're back, we're back. Yeah, we are. Doing a little goat boy there? Back. Yeah, I thought you were doing the Pink Panther, correct? No, I wasn't. Because we are back. We're back. We're, we're back, back, we're back, back, we're back. We're back. back. And yeah, we're, we're back. 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 Ow, my back. <laughs> Okay, so let's get back into this yeah. yeesh, into this Foo Fighters album. We are here. We are reviewing one by one. The fourth studio album by the Foo Fighters came out in late 2002. It won a Grammy for Best Rock Album in uh, 2004. Mm, lucky them. Lucky them. And some people might be like, that's two years after the album came out. But if you know how the Grammys work... They're at the very beginning of the year, and they're a reflection of the previous year. So if this album came out at the end of 2002, that means most of their hits spanned 2003. So So it qualified for 2004. 2004. And then we graduated high school. Mm -hmm. Yay! Sorry. same year. We graduated high school. Yeah, that was a while. That That was literally a lifetime ago this year. We are 36. We graduated oh 18 years ago. Oh, boy. Yeah. Is it always going to feel like it wasn't that long ago now? That's just the way it is? I think it's a real fine line between feeling like it wasn't that long ago and feeling like it was literally a lifetime ago. It's true because I still think like a child, but I can't remember people's names now. People who I thought I'd never forget. Yep. Excuse me. It's getting a little... Late in the household. And Sam can't control himself, and he should have downed a whole bunch of Coca-Cola or something. It would do nothing for me. 
That's true. The water gave me more of a jolt than Coca-Cola would. We need to hoover you some uh, energy sauce up your nose. I think they call that wasabi. Oh. I think that'd wake you the fuck up if we put some wasabi up your nose. I think we could put anything up my nose and it's going to wake me up. Like a knife. Okay, that might make me really, really asleep. Um, like permanently we'll asleep. We'll see how it goes. Right. Depends on which... I think it's if you turn it counterclockwise, it's okay. But if you turn it clockwise, it's bad. Anyway, let's get back into this Foo Fighters album with the song Halo. This cat needs some real structure. I'm here to break his back. Uh, and sounds like that? a country song coming in at me. Really? Just that very beginning. I could hear. You could put any type of song on that beginning. It's just very poppy. It's very very poppy. Very uh, kind of plain, basic. Nothing's happening. You said plain, and then then you said basic as the bass laid it down. As I try and talk through a yawn, and I successfully did it. You are just crying tears of sleeplessness. So yeah, this song isn't uh, its not a super strong song, but it's another song that's been stuck in my head. Really? None of this back half has really gotten stuck in my head of the album, because I consider it very front-loaded, extremely front-loaded. It is. Because like you said, we're done with singles, right? Oh, yeah. And I definitely don't think I remember. Maybe there's a song here I had heard around you. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't imagine. I don't think so. It's just a big kind of ballady song, but there's still energy. It's not as droney as uh, Tired of You, which we barely even talked about. We went to break (laughs) on that song because... There's just not a whole lot uh, going on. What's weird is like the music sounds like sort of laid back right now, but Dave is like balls out screaming there. I think he does that contrast a lot, which we talked about already, which was the opposite, though, which was him being very gentle in his singing style while Taylor was just ripping up those drums. He's just ripping them up. He's always playing the drums well, though. We agree. Not so. Also, he's all—he's always tight. He is. There's drummers that really get my attention, and he's one of them. Is he very well regarded? I have no idea. A drummer? I'm, I feel like he's left off of lists, or like on like near the bottom of the list. I think he's respected, but I. God damn it! Yeah, you're really struggling. He's respected, but I don't think he's like really ever at the top of the conversation when it talks about like well he's not crazy technical no and i'm not sure how much he advanced drumming or if he's just uh, good at it you know what i'm saying there's like some people like vinnie caliuta like from zappa who advanced drumming like whoa never seen anything like that that's fucking wild i think everything taylor's doing is just he's a student of the history of rock and roll and he's a master at doing it yeah, like it's always tight. Every live performance I've ever seen, he's he's always fucking tight. But he's not necessarily yeah, yeah. writing new things that are changing the drumming world. And, and it sounds like it was demeaning him. It's just like no, I don't think so. He's never 
I've never heard him brought up in the conversation when we're talking about like like top of the line advancing the world of drumming drummers. Yeah, but there are a lot of drummers out there who are forgettable and I mean, most drummers aren't doing anything to change. No, no. The style. Most most or people the style. Most people in general aren't doing anything to change anything. So but he's but, good. But he's a, like I've said, but he's a master at doing it. Like, he knows what beat's supposed to be there. Like, right now, even them adding in that tambourine. He's not playing the tambourine, obviously, right now, but it's just an understanding of rock and roll history. And there are certain, which you don't have to be all balls out and crazy and be do, like hitting as many drums within as many seconds or, you know, as few seconds as you can. I don't think that that necessarily constitutes someone being good. Just because they can do... It's just like someone over-singing. It's not good if it's too much. Just yeah, with most things. I, I can agree. And um, I, sometimes you can almost say it this way. Like, take a death metal drummer, blast beat guy, super fast on a double kick. Can you sit down and play just a regular 4-4 beat? Like, can you rein it back physically? Can you do it? Can you hold yourself back and just play a backbeat? Or do you have to go balls out the whole time? I feel like there is definitely something that you can hear in his playing style, which fits in with Dave, which I think he has kind of like a happier, more positive, like... It almost sounds like the drums are dancing a lot of the times. So it's not oh, just some I like, like that. it's not just some basic whatever. It's it's like how Ringo, if you see drummers talk about Ringo and his like he was kind of he wasn't crazy, but he had an interesting style to the way that he would do it or he he was like a backhanded drummer, which is like a noticeable style that a lot of people would like hit it a certain way and he would hit it backwards. I don't know if you've ever seen that video. I could show it to you, I but mean, there, there's certain strokes, but but just just that people have certain go-to <clears throat> styles, and yeah. I think that I think Taylor has a very colorful, active drumming style where it's not just plain. There's always like like there's just this uh, there's a lot of personality. I agreed in it, and uh, what drummers call that is they know how to serve the song. They understand the song. They understand the core writing and how it sounds and what would sound good with it. There's some drummers and some musicians just in any type of instrument that just know the fundamentals and like can do what they need to do. But then there's certain people who, who understand it yeah, front and back. And it's just like in their body. I think Dave Grohl's one of those people, and I think Taylor's one of those people. How lucky are they to have two of those people in one band? That, that's like what I felt like when I played with Adam and Kent Hiltz. Yeah. And certain people on the road uh, with Jello. I was so lucky to be, even though it wasn't what you guys really wanted to do, but for the short amount of time that NSG was a thing, I felt so out of place that I was with three like talented musicians, and I was so I felt so lucky. Well, well, you had a very talented voice, but you know what's funny about that is like, if we were all together now, it could probably be so much better than it was then because we're yeah. I, we're all like super alcoholics. <laughs> well, I know I was, 
<laughs> yeah. And I'm fueling everyone else because if I'm drinking, my friends are drinking. And I was always drinking. And like, yeah. That, there's just a clicking. Like like I said, there's dudes on the Jello. And people who just get it. There's, like you said, there are people who can do it and people who just understand it. And I think you guys are people who understand it. And there's some people who... And this is even a further tangent on it. There's some people who understand it and it's in their head. And then there's some people who understand it and they don't even have to think about it. It's in their body. And they just know what their body has to do. And they just know. They just be it. And I think it almost ties into when you write a song. Sometimes you almost go like, this is what it was supposed to be. I'm pulling it from something out here. It's not coming from here. It's coming from here somewhere. And it's just right it's a very strange feeling. Yeah, and I felt it on stage and I felt it writing songs. It's a weird feeling. And it's something that you're lucky to feel, lonely as you. <laughs> Your head's not feeling too good, is it? No, I'm pushing on pressure points. I've been struggling every day with a headache. So it's probably this Foo Fighters album. <laughs> but as it's a ding. I don't think that I think this wig kinda hurts my head a little bit too. Probably. They don't all do that. And a hat and a pair of headphones. All compressing on your brain. And glasses. There's <laughs> too much happening right now. Who cares? You guys can't see me. I'm invisible. Do you like this song? Uh, this is another kind of simple song, but I think this song is not bad. I think it starts... Another one of the songs that start kind of weaker. And that... Uh, have more energy and have more to it than you may have expected in the beginning. Uh, this is another song. Like it's it's all these songs that have been getting stuck in my head it's because, like I said, me. I know all the other songs so well, like the forefront songs. So listening to this album as much as I have this week, which has been quite a bit, just I've known all of these songs because I've listened to this album a lot. This is not a new album to me. And it's just all these songs just coming back and just being burned into my skull more than they were. So, yeah, all this. One last time. Uh, this song one more for, time for the last time. This song for me is what... I don't have a name for it, but I'm going to come up with it right now. A, uh, uh, a, a changer. It's a changer in my head. Go on. When they're playing, the first time I heard it, sometimes I listen to music... And in my brain, I'm hearing the next note already because I understand the flow music writing. And, and it's like, well, this has been written a thousand times. I know what chord you're going to next. This song is a fucking changer. It confused me every time. The notes he is choosing to go to. Like it, it sounds happy. Yeah. And then... And then... But the first time, it, you know, it goes a little darker. But it's then very that second moody. time, it goes happier. It's, it's super like moody. Moody, like yeah, like a true roller coaster moody, like manic almost. And it's one of those things where I go, I couldn't write this song. I just, I just don't have that melody brain. I have a fucking riff brain. I don't have a fucking melody brain, and it pisses me off. <laughs> it definitely is just a different way of thinking and a different way of writing. And I think that's why I like Dave Grohl so much because he's good at doing both. And he's good at riffing and he's good at true writing and note choice. And that's that's probably why like the best rock bands existed. <laughs> you you mix both. I don't see Foo Fighters doing anything that's gonna make them fall off. 
No. I feel like they're going to be around for a long time because they're consistent, even though I know that they have kind of done some different things recently. Um, but even the more like it's a little poppier album that they put out recently, and it it was after the uh, or around the same time as the DGs, but totally different. And there's a song that was on the radio and that I'll hear sometimes, and I'm like, this is fucking catchy, <laughs> even though it's not as, you know, rock-oriented as this might be. Uh, but it was still Foo Fighters. But yeah. I mean, is it still guitars and drums and bass? For the most part, but a but little... But do have that Chris D'Elia keyboard player guy now. I should look up that, uh, see if I can find that I would, song. I would love to hear something, but most... Recent. Most recent, yeah. Okay, I'll do that because because I remember I liked that one song that came out where they like were, looked like old men. That was the last album, and I yeah, Run. Okay. The song is I called Run. It, but I remember I, it was like, hey, all right. Yeah, because they fucking kind of wail on it. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you miss, and you know what I like? Their heavier songs are well, and it's like it's another song that rides that line of being kind of like it starts slower and then just kicks into real fucking heavy for them. But they do this a lot. I feel like Foo Fighters builds up throughout the song often in a lot of their songs. It starts slow and then they just have to like go into it as it builds. It's almost like even he himself is just like, well, I can only handle this for so long. Let's go. <laughs> I just feel like he does such a good job at giving you the different aspects of what he can do mm -hmm. in each song for the most part. Because not some songs do stay the same, uh, but some things change up quite a bit as well or just increase. He should probably take a note from death metal and just really get to the heavy stuff. <laughs> Well, we do have just a few more songs left, and there's nothing super heavy, but let's no. listen to Overdrive. This song's definitely not. This is a little more of like a... Uh, happy? Happy, I guess you could say, song. Yeah, listen to that major chord structure. <laughs> this is another song. I've known this for so long. because I've known this album since around like a little bit after it came out. I've been pretty familiar with this album for a long time. And this is actually, this turns 20 this year, which is crazy. It's crazy how we are just uh, aging rapidly and the world is just going by. And now we're getting to, oh, that's decades ago at this point. Like you saw something that was posted like yesterday or the day before. And it's like Weezer formed 30 years ago. Huh. And it's like, okay, yeesh. <laughs> I'm getting up there. I'm gonna be 40. Except you're not. It doesn't mean I shit think so. anymore. Oh, well, it, it doesn't mean shit if you take care of yourself. I don't think it means shit anymore at all. Like I think everything is so much easier and has like so much preservatives in it. I think we're all going past the now normal I, age expectancy. I think I thought that that started dropping again. Like it was going oh, up for a while. God. And then it just started, like, it's not a big curve, but I think it's not like it was. Yeah, but I think we're the first generation now to have all preservatives all the time. We also don't need to be 80, 90, 100 years old, if you ask me. No, honestly, get we're, out of the fucking way. We're bodies aren't 
our bodies. Our bodies aren't built for that. We have gravity working against us like crazy, just just pulling everything down on us. I just think at that point, aren't you just mentally like... Some people stay sharp for a while, but they're not as sharp. I'm not saying sharp. I'm saying like relevant. Like... Yeah, like, once I'm the trend's over, my, kill him. I'm sitting here in my 30s, and like if an 89-year-old man tried to tell me how to live my life, I would be like, shut the fuck up, old man. Well, they kind of do. I know, and I say... They run the country. Shut the fuck up, old man. <laughs> you don't know really what's irritating. going on. <laughs> how do I run this? I don't understand, but I'm going to tell you how to live your life, because it was better when I was a kid, no, because that's no, what I understood. And no, it wasn't. And I don't understand <laughs> this now, so I don't like it. No, when you were a kid, black people were killed in the street like... Openly, like, a, like a parade, and not like, just like by a cop. And like, <laughs> you lived harder, and you died younger, and you smoked non-filtered ciggies. Everyone looked so much older, and uh, it w- it took so much longer to do anything. Like, you can't act like tech. There aren't. You can't just focus, I should say, on the negative aspects of technological advances when we've all benefited tremendously. From the ease of life that has developed over time for us. Until you're fed to the wolves when you gotta go survive on your own after the volcano explodes. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna, well, first of all, I'm gonna die from the volcano. Yeah. And then I'm going to just be like, eat me. <laughs> I don't wanna live through this Why shit. Why don't you have someone eat you? Just shoot yourself in the head. No, I meant I was gonna feed myself to a wolf. Oh, I meant, I didn't mean literal wolves. Uh, I wanted to I, eat me. <laughs> I said that to sacrificial some, fatso. Uh, I know a guy who's real into like surviving stuff and like buys all the cans for like canned food and stuff. And I straight up said to him, I was like, "Why? Why do you want to live through that? Like, if that shit happens and it gets to that point, just I just want to die. What's the point of fucking living through all that?" I, I gotta live in my bunker and hopefully I have food and my wife and kids are dead. Just off yourself, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm clearly not now, mentally strong the, enough the, for any of that. The only way I'm staying around is if it's like, oh, wait, the, the amount of people dying, we're all good? Okay. We're all like, okay? Okay, well, let's get back to normal. 80% of everyone's gone. We got a lot more stuff now, don't we, everyone? And our air's gonna be way cleaner. Uh, way cleaner. <laughs> We're going to breathe better, babies. Yeah, but then I got to have slaves because nobody's going to want to work. And I can't do it all myself. I can't take care of the golf course I want to golf on. That's I'd be true. taking care of the golf course the whole time. So this album, Medicine at Midnight, came out last year. And this is Making a Fire. Me- Medicine at Midnight? Yes. Okay. So this is the hit that I hear on the radio. I and hate, enjoy. It all- hate it already. I really don't like the drum production. I'm not surprised. It's so much poppier. It doesn't even sound like them, really. But I enjoy oh, this. I hear it. I was gonna want to play. Truly hate the drum sound. Huh? It just doesn't really sound as Foo Fightersy, but I don't think it's bad at all. It sounds more like it sounds more like a. Like a like a set late 70s rock and roll band. I, okay. I think that's what they're going for. Like almost like a... Like a James Gang. Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah, there you go. James Gang, that's perfect. I think that's what they're going for. I don't hate it. Uh, I do hate the drum tones. 
But honestly, it still sounds. It's, it sounds like Dave Grohl. It still sounds like Dave Grohl. It still sounds like the same. Still the same notes, honestly. It's just the production value's a little different. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> I was gonna say that earlier when you were talking about how you think Foo Fighters are never really gonna fall off and they're not really gonna change too much. I think what changes with them the most is production styles of the time. What microphones are out now? What mixing trends are out now? I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. But this, they're starting to add a lot more in too. Now they got the keyboard player, it almost seems like he's like, oh, we get background singers in too. Well, the whole idea <laughs> was to do something different for this album. Oh, good. So, I mean, they did what they wanted to. That doesn't, they're not saying we're totally changing how yeah. we're doing everything, but we just wanted to do something different. If that came out in the 70s and the band was just called like the Rock Tones, you'd be like, yeah, that's a jamming ass song. It'd be a classic rock song. I don't disagree. It's, that's what it is. That's the word I was looking for. It's a classic rock song. I th- and that's one thing that I think that they will always hang on to and carry and good. the torch. The, the rock and roll torch. They're pretty much the last ones. I'll give it to. Uh, Green Day, they still play rock and roll on a mainstream level. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I like it, but they're still a rock and roll band. Yeah, they are. I'm even going to go one step further. Nickelback. Oh, they're just, yeah. I don't think they deserve all the hate that they get. Like, yeah, I get they're not changing the world, but they're making listenable, easy listening oh, rock mean, music for people. I mean, personally, I think these songs suck, but. No, I'm, I'm the type of guy that would have never liked them. So I don't even really get no, to I think count that's fair. the argument. I just don't know? think that... I think there's way worse music out there oh, yeah. than Nickelback. I think it's and, unfair. And in the world of carrying a rock and roll torch still, in a world where rock and roll is not on the top of the heap anymore by any means... They're a rock and roll band. Yes. They, God damn they it. is what they is. <laughs> All right, we have two more songs. Here is Burn Away. But their songs suck. <laughs> I'm getting a wheezy laugh going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like this. I don't know why, because the chord structure is so major. But I like the beginning of stuff. They are a band who I think can do the big, the big, like kind of like arena sounding band, and it not bother me. Really. This is one of the worst for me. I really don't like when he's like, Oh, no, I agree. No, I totally agree. <laughs> but you're right about the arena sound. They are an arena band, too. Like, but they, it doesn't... They've got some chops. But it doesn't bother me. Like, it would with 80s music a lot of the time. Do you, do you see a lot of people, like, hold lighters during this song or phones Oh, now? this? Yeah, I don't think they would do the song live, I don't live, think they though. would either, but if they did, that's kind of like... The feel I get from this. This feels like a, bur- uh, a burner. God damn it! It's it's a, uh, a filler. A filler song, yeah, I would think. I felt that way it's too. It's just not. It's just not strong. When, this song never got stuck in my head later in the day, but this section would get stuck in my head right after I listened to it. Like I'd get done listening to the album for the day, you know, like while I'm at work, and then I'd start listening to a podcast. But in my head, I'd be like. <laughs> I think it almost has kind of like a uh, oh well, it's the band we've done them before Third Eye Blind vibe. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, it almost sounds very like California, well, but, but not are as are they California boys? Probably technically. Probably currently now, at least it seems like everybody eventually I moves mean, there. They're definitely East Coasters. Let's see where the. East? 
Mean no, West? I meant West. Ooh. I just said it wrong. I'm stupid. Let's see. Uh, they formed in Seattle. So, I mean, they're, cons no, sir, they're considered a Seattle, Washington, post-grunge, hard rock band. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think they all currently live in L.A. Oh, I would think so, yeah. They're not all living in Seattle still. Why would you? <laughs> very expensive to live there, but apparently it? it's really expensive to live in California as well. Yeah, it's turned out to live, be expensive to live anywhere. It's true. It's expensive to live in this tiny town these days if you want to rent an apartment. Jeez. Ridiculous. I'm good. Which, I, it's not even this town. It's apparently everywhere. Oh, it's everywhere. But it's really bad. It just sucks because you hope that this little town goes, well, that's not what we do. We're like, we don't you know? need to have it be that high because we're a smaller town, but we're still close enough to other things that we, like, we don't need, I don't know, I just feel like things are overpriced because there's, there's a mentality to this town because... A snooty mentality? Yeah, like... Even though we're all hillbilly white bread fucks? Who sell caskets and hospital beds? Yeah. Which, which are very, very important things. I Two important needed things. I could argue the casket part, but I agree. But Hillrom beds are everywhere. Hell yeah, they are. Plus, you gotta love living in a town where the town motto is "Ill or dead, we've got your bed." I've never heard anyone say that, but you. It's on a shirt. Okay, I've never seen the shirt. I've only heard you I say this. I got rid of it. It existed. I swear. It had a Grim Reaper on it. It was black and white. I'm sure it was black and white. It really did have a Grim Reaper on it. <laughs> I thought you were just pulling this all out of your ass. <laughs> I was making it sound like that on purpose while I was telling the truth. Is this an old shirt from like the 80s or the 70s? No, it was an old shirt when uh, my Uncle Dave was still alive. And uh, well, he worked at Hill The Rock. casket company just had these shirts made. It was like around their anniversary or something. They were black shirts. It had a Grim Reaper on it and it said, Ill or dead, we've got your bed. And I was like, fuck yeah, I want one of those shirts. And got rid of it a long time ago. What, Dave? <laughs> Both. <laughs> R.I.P. I put Dave's ashes in the shirt and threw it off of a bridge. You didn't get any of Dave's ashes? <laughs> I didn't? No, you got some of your cousin's ashes. And I definitely know where that is. I do. Oh. I know where he is. He's in the closet. Okay. <laughs> The only time in his life he would have ever been able to fit in there. <laughs> Especially in the little container that he's in. Is it like a little bullet? Yeah, like a little <laughs> necklace thing because it was split up between so many people. I'm actually going to let this play the last song, right. Come Back. <laughs> Come Back. <laughs> this sounds kind of much more grungy to me in the beginning. Oh, for sure. The distortion. The, yeah, the production tone. I've always really liked this song. This has always been a song that's stuck with me, stuck in my head, uh, as someone who hasn't always been a whole album listener. This is an album I've always enjoyed, and I've always really liked this song, even though it's at the end. I think this song is essential at the end, especially after the last song. I think a lot of albums would have ended with that last song. Mm -hmm. The last song was a snooze. I love this song. I think the song, it gets stuck in my head. I think it's, I don't know. It's very Foo Fighters. I like the pauses that they do. 
don't know if it happens again, but... I know what you mean. It's a crazy distorted tone. That's like almost a stoner doom metal distortion going on. Yeah, kind on. of. If he was just playing like a detuned really low guitar, it'd be very doomish. Doomish? Not doomy? doomy? I was going to say earlier when I was like, you know, making the, the little joke about how Dave needs to listen to death metal and figure out how to keep it all the same. Sure thing, Grandpa. Uh, <laughs> I remember watching a video of Dave some guy who's like throwing something at him on stage from the crowd he looks over and he's like oh you fucking musclehead with your affliction shirt but what do you want it to sound like you want it to just go like this you fucking ape or something like that this? Dave is yelling at a guy in the crowd that was throwing shit at him that's or something. funny <laughs> cause I guess he looked like a like a muscly yeah. affliction shirt wearing guy unfortunately if you're a muscly affliction shirt wearing dude which thank god I don't see anybody wearing those shirts anymore no uh, Not that you would see, at no. least. I did see them for a long time. Yeah, but they you don't go their, to bars or anything but anymore. But they made their way into the metal scene there for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, Why? like the five-finger death punch metal. And that's the kind of guys that would still fucking wear it. Yeah. Blech. I don't remember what my point was. I just got mad at the band. <laughs> <laughs> Affliction? People uh, wearing clothes oh, like that? Oh, Dave yelling at that guy. Yeah. And I just thought it was funny that, like, even... Dave is the guy that I thought, like, always think of, like, man, I really like his songwriting, and I always wish I could get into it more. And then he straight out calls a guy out that is me. <laughs> like, not affliction shirt wearing, but I, just, I do like... Oh, you want everything to sound the same? <laughs> I don't, though, because that's my complaint about death metal. Yeah, no, I'm not saying here's, that about you. Here's what everybody's figured out is that I don't like anything, and I can bitch about anything. <laughs> it's true. You don't like most things. Even things I like, I'll be like, fuck. <laughs> well, when you're thinking with an analytical brain and we're putting everything under a microscope for True. this podcast, it forces, forces you to uh, actually look at things instead of just hear them or feel them. Yeah. You know what's weird, interesting about that, too, is if I don't like an album, I tend to be nicer about it on the podcast. And if I do like an album, I tend to be harsher on it on the podcast. That makes sense. I think I sometimes am like that, too, or I feel like I have to defend certain things so I'm like just going too hard on it when I might not even feel that way Yeah, I just feel like I know that this seems like super lame so I don't know it's weird having weird relationships with music but this song's kind of long this is almost an 8 minute long song it's pretty uh yowza we're halfway through it we don't necessarily have to listen to the whole thing cause it's a lot of um I mean I'm just skipping along it's just a lot of building it's back in it's Ending the album. It's, I it's really good, like this though. stuff, though. I enjoy all of it. I like this because it sounds like uh, brushes. And you don't, I don't know too many rock bands that use brushes on the drums, Michelle. Me neither, Sam. Do you know what I'm talking about, brushes? Of course I know what you mean, but right. I don't know enough about the technical parts of what people are doing. I, unless you're like watching it or really know what things sound like, so unless it's something, sound. well, yeah, in a situation like this, you can hear it. Yeah. But if someone throws it in on a heavier song to just like add a little texture to something and you don't really know, it would, it would never exist. You would never hear it. <laughs> yeah. So unless it's, it's it's just a specific song where you're like only meant to hear that, yeah, and I just don't like really a, hear it because heavy song with a soft part, just like this kind of is, just like a lot of their songs are. 
Oh. Or uh, we're a mix of heavy and soft. And atmospheric. I know he really likes atmospheric. And I always call it floaty. Like when they put like a lot of reverb on the what? lyrics and it gets kind of soaked into the song. I, I, I personally listen to this a lot at a time where I think the atmospheric stuff kind of stuck to me more because yeah. I was in my head more. Yeah. I wasn't medicated. I was in relationships that weren't necessarily right for me. And that would constitute listening to something more atmospheric, something more moody, something that's matching how you're feeling. Something that you can understand what's being said sometimes and you are relating to more than just how the song makes you feel, even though that's part of it. It's also what's being said. And I think that Foo Fighters is good for... Uh, you can just feel things from hearing the music and like jam and get in your head and just not really whatever. But I think that Dave, he may not be like a super prolific songwriter or like great, but I think that he's usually, it's a simplistic way of saying meaningful things, I guess. Were you going to say something earlier? Uh, I was, I was going to add to this point that you're saying right now that I think when his lyrics are good, they're really good, and they make you like think. And they don't—they don't, don't have to be like life-changing, but no. But they like you understand. Yes, he speaks this. It's, it's almost like in layman's terms, but he's saying things that mean something to a lot of people, or that people can like interpret, or just kind of like basic whatever. Which uh, atmospheric feelings? I said I went whoa like before. Yeah, I had a thought, and I've never thought about this before. Uh, non-death metal music has a way easier chance at connecting with you or any person on a level of going through something in life and attaching yourself emotionally to it, whether it's an exact moment that you're thinking of or something you're going through. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's no Cannibal Corpse song that I could ever listen to that I'm like connecting to on a, an, emotion. an emotion maybe a moment because something happened when you heard the song maybe, yeah but that, not... but nothing like hey this is making me feel this mm-hmm. and this guy understands me mm-hmm. i've never once unless there's gonna be some people out there that yes did go to the graveyard and pulled out a dead body and stuck their penis in its dead ear but that's a very few amount of people that could connect to that cannibal corpse song on such a personal level. Yeah, you listen to some fucking wild stuff. <laughs> I listen to stuff for pure entertainment value. There's been very few albums and music in my life that is truly connected in like, this is in my life. Like Pentagram. Like that is connected to me emotionally. I was going through something. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of and my music. it was music. also like that time in your life. You were young, so you were still like figuring uh, out who yes, you were. Yes. And finding things that you felt were more yours. True. And like not everyone knows Pentagram, so it like felt more special to you. But there's like anything like Dying Fetus or Cannibal Corpse or anything like that is all enjoyed on a pure entertainment. Even Guar, I'm going to add Guar in there on an entertainment, sometimes humor value. Now, Pantera and Slipknot when I was younger and Mudvayne, they did connect on an emotional level and they are talking about real life things and mm-hmm. going through addiction struggles and things like that. But never, yeah. <laughs> never George Corpse Grinder Fisher 
I just thought I've never ever thought about that. Like, wow, there's never an emotional connect unless you're emotionally connected to technicality. <laughs> wow, I play the drums, so I'm emotionally connected to how good that guy's playing the drums. I've always been a singer, so what things that people say and how they I mean, I've, I've talked about it before in the past. I've I, I'm the type of person who will watch someone sing and get choked up. That's happening to me the more the older I get and instruments too. Because you're becoming more empathetic as you get older, I it's think. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's fucking stupid to be somewhere and have to be like <laughs> Well, you were so desensitized for so long, I think. So I, I think it's really just a balance that's occurring, which I think is totally fine. Um, but we are we're finished with the album. We've been chitting and chatting a bit much this is a longer episode than we've been doing lately i can feel it i don't even know i'm not looking at times but i can Uh, feel it's a little longer but as long as we get through the end fast we're gonna be good we're gonna be normal all right so let's uh go to the part of the podcast where i'm pretty sure we have some questions to go over we got some questions to go over, baby. I don't hear that at all. Got some questions, baby. Doesn't matter. Everyone will hear it when I mix it. We didn't sound check that stuff before. <laughs> no, and I couldn't hear anything, so it's, it's gonna be golden. It's gonna be a jumbly mess of it's madness. Always a jumbly mess, even if you can hear it. Yeah, I'm not good at this. I don't know why I'm over here, finger plucking these. Uh, <laughs> these keys when i'm no good so why did i choose this because it is something that i enjoy and i thought that it would be a decent album to bring to the table because foo fighters is an easily digestible band uh what do i think you thought when i gave it to you okay not disappointed not necessarily pumped um i would say probably more positive feelings than negative but not not like amped, like, yeah, let's do this. Sam, what was your judgment prior to hearing this album? Um, Once again, ready to try this Foo Fighters thing again. Like, I get excited about it because I really respect Dave Grohl. I really respect Taylor. I respect all these dudes in this band, actually. Pat Smear and everyone. Well, uh, we did, I don't know the other guys' names besides Chris D'Elia on the keyboards. We did recently watch them be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that was... That was saved for the end, so it was clearly like... Oh, they knew that nobody could follow about. Foo Fighters. Yeah. Like, they're going to be too big. They're and just... Uh, they're an arena band, they're like you said. S- they're very enjoyable to watch. Oh, yeah. I would go to a Foo Fighters uh, concert. Even Dave Chappelle likes Foo Fighters. Like, all kinds of... Uh, Dave Letterman's favorite band is the Foo Fighters. <laughs> just because they're all named Dave. It's weird. That is weird. I That's, didn't even yeah, realize that. just Dave stick together. No, they got my fucking Uncle Dave's ashes on them, too. Those motherfuckers. I, I, think, <laughs> I just think that they are a band that transcends uh, generations, and they're just... Well, what is happening right now? I just realized this calendar's been on the table the whole time, and when I edit this video together, it's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> We're at the end of the podcast. It's way too late now. All right. Do you know how many times you listen to this album? Uh, n- over five. Okay, wait. Let me put an addendum on this. The whole album, probably three. Maybe four. Actually, probably five. The first four songs, seven or eight. Okay. There you go. Gotcha. I listen to this a lot. I don't have an exact number, but my number is probably closer to 12. 
Wow. For the whole album. I'm just letting the whole album play through. I enjoy it. <laughs> Clearly. What can I say? So <laughs> Sam's least favorite song. I think this is going to be a simple one. I think Burn Away, which is the second to last song. I think that that one had the least amount of, uh, what is it? Like... That's super snooze Life factor, and right? energy <clears throat> to like bring you in. Yeah, like I think you were. Yeah. You said something about being bored the whole time. So Burn Away is. Burn Away, Burn Away. I don't know if this was the least favorite. But we'll go with it. It's fine. Okay. Do you know what my least favorite song is? I don't because you were not I <laughs> and sometimes it's hard for me to gauge what is like I don't want to say lame okay I, I don't want uh, it's hard for sometimes for me to gauge what you think is like no I actually do like this Sam and I'll be like really did you not hear that chord but I'm like Sam she's not you Happiness doesn't make her angry. <laughs> doesn't make me cringe as much. But yeah. I'm Gage and you are a semi truck, Sam. Come at me. What is my what is my least favorite song? Was that a fucking Pet Cemetery Pet reference? <laughs> I've never actually seen that movie. That's weird. You should. It's not it's probably not great looking back on it, but it creeped me the fuck out. I know I think I've got a shadow on it because it's Stephen King says he fucking hates that story. Really? He says he doesn't really remember writing it, first of all. Oh, because he was a drunk? <laughs> yeah, and then he doesn't like it. I think it's because a kid gets killed. Um, yeah, but the kid comes right back. I'm going to go with the same one, Burn Away. You got that right, baby. Right, I bro. didn't even stomp it. I just left it playing and turned it down. Just waiting. Just waiting. I thought there was other more redeeming things in every other song. I. That's exactly why I agree. I think of... As far as skipping songs goes, that's the only one that I would feel like I can't handle this anymore. I think that song is just repetitive and kind of irritating. Um, but I wouldn't turn the album off because I like the last song. And I think that that, like you said, it kind of redeems it. It's a good way to end the album. Sam, your most favorite song. Uh, I'm just going to say, even though I heard you said positive things about the first song. And then you really liked how it sounds. But I, I'm, I'm going with low because of how the drums are kind of like speedier and stuff. I don't know. I, I said that in a very technically intelligent way. Sam, what's your favorite song on this album? Well, uh, you, your mindset is so correct. Uh, the best two songs are the first two songs okay. on this album by miles in my brain. Okay. And the I got to give it to low. <laughs> You already had it playing. You already knew. Mm -hmm. um, I like the drums. I like singing along with it. I like the lyrics. I think it's the best lyrics of the whole album. Uh, it's got the most like sinister sound to it as well. Uh, the video really helps it too. The video so fucked up and weird. Uh -huh. There's like a section where like Dave Grohl's like jerking off, but like his hands under his pants, and he's like. Ah. But he's also making like over the top like goofy faces yeah. too, so it's not supposed to be like. But he's weird and uncomfortable. But he is cranking it. Yeah, well, I think he's also just like throwing Cheetos in his mouth at yeah, the same he time. Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm just gonna. You might as well keep it playing because I'm pretty sure this is your favorite song. 
I really love this song. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, this yeah. is a good song. And I like I like a lot of songs on this album. I think this is a good and, album. And this is like in my world, in my head, this is happy still. But like, I no, I get but it. Like a good happy, like a still alternative weird happy, and then it goes into like the creepy sinister Ooh. alternative. Has that moody sound to yeah. it? And I really like the. Uh, screws inside, turned so tight, turning on you, I'm hanging that, on you. Yeah, those are that, that's good lyrics. I like those. Yeah, and it's fun to sing. It's in my register. I can sing that whole song. If I'm on a good day, I can sing the fucking first song. If oh, I'm doing things life. right. Yep. You know what the hardest part on those are? The is chorus. The, yep, that's the chorus. And let it go to waste. Yeah. That's high. Yeah, just that's that first one. Fucking high. But I can do the na 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 And I've been, and I found out, I gotta write these songs down. Foo Fighters is a good practice for me. Yeah, okay. Like it's in my register. Some notes it gets out of range on me, but I have a feeling if I didn't destroy my voice all the time and I practiced and actually did things correctly, I could probably get there. Correctly? Correctly. So, yeah, god damn it, I like Dave Grohl. I uh, wish I liked the Foo Fighters more. I, it's such a weird dichotomy I've got. I, I have a feeling a lot of people are like that. Yeah. A lot of people like you are like that. That It's hard to not respect and like the guy because he's so likable mm-hmm. and he does so much. Like, he never stops. You can't, discre- I, you can't discredit that he doesn't, I mean, he's, he doesn't stop. He's always doing something. No. And he's always working with other bands. Yeah. I don't know. He's. He's a pretty solid guy. And he knows what he's talking about. He's never like full bullshit. Like he'll talk about bands like if they get him for an interview, he'll start pulling out bands that like aren't usually talked about and like bring up albums and certain songs and you're like, yeah, he's not full of shit. Yeah, he <laughs> he's the real deal for sure. How old was I when I first started listening to this? I was uh, I was probably closer to 18 because I think that this came more from this came from Beth and Jesse. So uh, I it feels like a Beth album. Yeah, that's where a lot of that, a lot of music like this came from because I didn't seek music like this out too much. Yeah. But certain things like this make it easier to kind of like music like this. Yeah. I think Foo Fighters is a kind of easier way into it band. So I've always liked Foo Fighters ever since I first heard them. I just, they're easy listening. So it's, it, it makes people who don't really listen to a lot of rock enjoy different kinds of rock more i guess when you're not necessarily going to like anything else that's on the radio right now but you might enjoy a foo Fighters style song like i think everyone in my family would listen like the foo fighters even your mom complain yeah my mom likes metallica oh and and fucking guns and roses and stuff your mom likes rock she does she likes rock music she even likes she even liked metal except for when they screamed and said bad things yeah (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> so would I recommend this album today? I would. I would. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I would. I expected you to say that. Would you listen to this again, Sam? Uh, not on my own, but I would welcome you to play it around me. Okay. And I really got to get like a Foo Fighters playlist. Although I don't listen to playlists. So what I just said didn't exist. But if I listen to playlists, Foo Fighters would be a good candidate maybe i should curate a playlist of like the best tech because i just know yeah you know me i know you and i know hi wayne, <laughs> hi, wayne you're back for again. the end uh for with your end who there's those big balls those big <laughs> balls that won't be around for much longer 
I'm going to get a good look at them now. They're huge. They are pretty big. They are big, and they look felt because he's black. So he's oh. like he's like a velvet Elvis. <laughs> they look like felt. Yes. I thought you meant they look like somebody felt them a lot. Not yet. <laughs> they look felt. In a day and a half, they're going to look uh, they depleted. Feel, they feel seen. They they look heavy. <laughs> they look dangerous. So rate this zero to ten, Oliver the Rock and Roll Cats. I'll give this a seven and a half. Ooh, that's nice. I'm personally going to give this. I'm cutting that back. Seven. Sorry. I think I'm comfortable with a seven and a half. All right, you take the half. I'll take it back the half. Seven for me. Seven and a half for you. And I know that it's not necessarily if if we're talking on a scale of like the greatest albums, no. But for me, it's good. It, but it doesn't. It, it there are so many more albums that I'd want to take on a deserted island. But this is a good one. Mm. I'll still be singing these songs while I'm listening to other stuff. <laughs> How about that? Hey, I found out that this uh, Marvin Gaye song sounds a lot like Low. Yeah, Marvin Gaye <laughs> was a really big Dave Grohl fan. So describe this album in one word. Dave. There were a lot of Daves mentioned. <laughs> that is true. Uh, describe this album in one word. I'm going to say easy. Easy like a rockin' morning. <laughs> easy like a rockin' morning. Lionel Richie's going to have a cameo in that Studio 666 Foo Fighters movie. He does, he actually. Does. I, oh, God. I Talking to this. him about writer's block. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so we are finished with that album. We will be having a guest. Oh, my God. My fucking... My heart went in my chest like, dude, you didn't even remember on the break that you're supposed to think of something. Because you don't, you don't have to, Woo! but you have to get something ready because we, okay. after this, of it, course, it, is me. <laughs> it will be you next. So a guest, Chris is guest coming back. While. We have, we had Jimmy, yeah, but he hadn't been back in a while. And before that, we hadn't really been doing guests. We slowed down. We slowed way down on other people and kind everyone of got annoyed back to the us. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> I mean, there were aspects, the holidays and things, but it also feels kind of nice to just be back in the groove of you and I doing this more and it being more our thing and instead of it every, just being like a party. Let them be special. Let the guests be special again. Yeah. So speaking of special, we've had this person on a few times, but he's only had one episode uh, of his own solo episode. Yep. And we love having this guy on. Yeah. He's a good, he's a good guy. He's a family member. My cousin Chris is coming back. He's coming back. And he tried to give us the white album. And even though I love the white album, I love the Beatles. Mm. It's just, I don't, I think it's too long for the podcast. I don't think any double disc, yeah. essentially two albums. We've declined other We've defined selections from songs. other people yeah. for less infractions than what the White Album's doing. <laughs> and uh, trust me, I love the music, Yeah, but I just think that it's... Even I would have enjoyed it, but it's just too long. It's just too much. So we are going to be watching Across the Universe, the movie Across the <laughs> Universe. But it's about the, the universe. It's like the Beatles... It's based, yeah. On the Sgt. Like Peppers, right? The Beatles music, that's all oh, I'm saying. All right beautiful i don't know enough about it to say anything i've never seen it we'll see how it goes i've heard it's not good i've never wanted to see it so we'll see how it goes yeah sorry i'm excited i just like new stuff at this point well we'll be be recording with chris before he hears this so oh well that's the case hey chris you motherfucker We'll see how, how it goes. Do you give me that movie that I don't know whether I like or hate right now, you son of a uh, bitch. I don't think you're going to like it. Let's be real. What if I end up loving it? What if it's so trippy and weird, man? Wait, wasn't it newer? 
Yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks for <laughs> Sorry listening. Sorry to be so shitty. Tell your friends. I'm kind of. I'm getting back on the videos. I'm getting back. You are. You've been working. I got a system in place now. Mm-hmm. You've been uh, making some positive changes. In every aspect uh-huh. of my life. You actually have. I've noticed <laughs> that you've made some changes, and I want to give you some props. Because yeah. uh, you, I, I, I notice your improvements, Sam, I'm, I'm and I'm proud of you. <laughs> I like it. And I'm slacking. All right. <laughs> you fucking slack. I'm a piece of shit. No, you're not. We'll be back later. Goodbye.